This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Horticulture is fellow rushing me and Java Chapman, my also producer and other folks at MPB and also the folks here at the Max Marie. We're going to have a really, really good time just yakking about gardening, as we usually do, because I make stuff up. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. You know, it turns out I'm not that great a gardener, garden expert, but I can I understand why my stuff doesn't work. Uh, I understand there's nothing I can do about squirrels. Uh, and, you know, so I had the same kind of problems everybody else does, but I had the advantage of 40 years of watching other people struggle and figure stuff out. So uh, for the next hour, if you want to talk about gardening, it's a live call-in program. It's live, and we're going to be giving the numbers over and over. But again, I am here in Meridian, uh, the Queen City. A lot of people don't know that this was the largest city in the state. Uh, just right, not, 1930s. And uh, now it's, uh, it's home to a lot of arts, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they got industry, they got PV. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit uh, with a representative from the, the nation's largest bulb importer right here in Meridian. And uh, I did find something interesting. Uh, when they first tried to decide what to name this this city, uh, they wanted to name it Meridian because it's synonymous with junction of the of the two main roads. But uh, the uh, local folks wanted to call it Sawashi, meaning Mad River, <laughs> which is after a, a nearby creek. Uh, anyway, th- this town's got nine historic districts uh, on the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, and we're broadcasting from the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience, the MAX, located downtown Meridian. It is such a cool place. I, I hope a lot of y'all get a chance to visit it. Matter of fact, we're going to be uh, doing a, a lecture and a plant swap tomorrow, Saturday, uh, starting about 9, 30, 10 at the MAX. So hope to see some of y'all there. Uh, and again, we do have an, an interview coming up in just a little bit with uh, 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 the marketing person for Van Zyvern and uh, Brothers Bulb Company. Before we get further, I've got plenty of stuff to yak about. i uh, brought some fun stuff to talk about, too. But um, uh, I'm going to, first of all, we're going to go down to Osaka, Mississippi, and we're going to talk with Gene. Hey, Gene, good morning. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, well, uh, I'm doing fine. The pollen count's not so high today, so that's uh, definitely a wonderful thing. Well, we said the pollen count is or is not high. Uh, well, with me, it's almost always high. <laughs> you know, we have a studio audience here at the Max, and uh, I'm trying to be cheerful. They don't understand. It's the antihistamines. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I take them on every morning. <laughs> well, what's up? Uh, anyway, what's your... sir, uh, my wife has celiac disease, mm-hmm. All right, which means that she cannot eat a lot of fruits, such as watermelon, that have seeds, but she can eat the seedless. Yeah. Now, my question is, how do you grow a... Oh, boy. Okay, now, you know, we can't get kinky here, but it involves three parents. Right? <laughs> no, not really. Too. You know you know what a mule is, cross between what a, a horse and a, a donkey, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. It's my grandfather r- used to run his plow with one. Yeah, but they're still, they can't reproduce. So if you want a mule, you got to keep crossing the, you know, the same two parents, Right. Right. Same thing with watermelon. They cross uh, two different watermelons that together they make a seedless melon, uh, but they have to recross it every year. You know, no, they can't save seed from it. So it's a hybrid that's, that's done every year. 
by crossing two parent two melon parents. Yeah, but can I mean if I want to grow some, I mean, what do I have to do? <laughs> okay, believe it or not, you can buy seed for seedless watermelon, but the seed but growing from seed that will produces a cross from la- a mule from last year. You plant those seeds and it makes seedless melon. But if you want to do it again, you got to go back and buy some more seed for seedless melon. Sounds weird, but it's kind of kinky, but there it is. And if uh, you want a mule, you got to go back and get a new mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was also wondering about the, about the straw with uh, uh, seedless strawberries, but I guess it's the same thing. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. You know, strawberries, a lot of people don't realize the strawberries are those, the seeds are those little uh, bumpy things on the outside of the strawberry. That's where the seeds are. Correct. But, yeah, I have bought seedless strawberries for my wife, although they want want God's own twice for them. (laughs) Well, because, you know, a lot of times those things have got to be started, you know, either from from plants by division or uh, have to cross the hybrids. Anyway, I don't don't know the history of the seedless uh, strawberries. Okay. Well, anyways, the uh, the watermelon. Uh, if I go out and uh, go to my local co-op there and get a pack of seedless watermelon seeds, mm-hmm. uh, what time should I put those in there this year? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I gotta go down there anyway to get some bird seed. No, no. Yeah, we we wait. We pl- you plant some melons and cucumbers and squash and stuff like that when the soil warms up. And when danger of frost is passed, and that ain't till tomorrow. But anyway, you have a, well, up until. I'm not sure about the danger of frost at the moment. <laughs> well, you 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 can plant summer stuff, uh, melons and uh, gourds and pumpkins stuff like that, up until about the first week in July, and still get a harvest before fall. So you got plenty okay, of time. Okay, so all right, thank you. Because I was thinking about that, and it's like, how do you grow a seedless watermelon? Yeah, you plant, you plant I bought the one for my wife the other day. Yeah, well, there you go, man. Tell her I said. All righty. Well, that was right off the bat. It's something I knew and something I didn't know, but that's that's the way it is. Uh, I do have a horticulture background, a retired horticulture professor, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just not really that good a gardener. Uh, so I found out this year, last year, I found out the mistakes, and I got around this year by making a raised bed. Doesn't stay too wet doesn't have to be watered a lot because I mix real dirt in with my potting soil. And then I put a fence around a little, uh, uh, maybe a chicken wire and hog wire to keep the, the raccoons, the possums, the squirrels. And um, and then I also draped a little bit of insect netting over my broccoli to keep the, the caterpillars off of them. So I'm trying to use technology. Trying, trying to get a, And so far I'm spending more money on my technology than I could buy the stuff for. But that's okay. That's just the way it is. Hey, if you want to give us a call, folks, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, we had a studio audience here at the Max. Anybody, anytime you feel like stepping up and asking a question, make it a really stumper because that's the way it's starting out this morning. Uh, Java, I did something really rude this past week. What 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 you do, Felder? I've got a, a neighbor who's fussed over her. She plants tulips every year, and I think tulips are a waste of time because they're pretty for about, what, a week, week and a half, <laughs> months to get there. But that's the way people want to do stuff. I get it. But she fussed over these tulips, and they, and they came up. They were looking good. She had them in a flower bed in front of her house. And they came into bloom. They were gorgeous. And that night we had a rain that knocked every petal off. And I felt sort of bad and sort of good about it at the same time because I told her it's a mistake. But anyway, I got some egg cartons, you know, styrofoam egg cartons. Okay. And 
part with the cuts, you can cut it lengthwise and crosswise and get a dozen little tulip-shaped styrofoam cups. And you spray paint them, put them on sticks, and stick them in somebody's yard at night. And the next morning, she thought her tulips came back up. <laughs> Fell there. Wow. That's okay. It's guerrilla gardening at its best. Guerrilla gardening at its best. So, um, and one of the things I want to mention about about Meridian, I, I went to this uh, cemetery before uh, we came here. So one of those old garden park type cemeteries with the fancy headstones used to have a lot of plants and stuff. And there's still quite a few. Matter of fact, I got a rose that was in bloom that wasn't bothered by the cold last night at all. It's called Rose Hill Cemetery, and they've got the King and Queen of Gypsies buried there. And people come from all over the world uh, and leave little tokens, uh, little coins and beads and packages of cigarettes and things like that uh, at this grave. And it's just an astounding little, one of those local things that, that, that make uh, being off the beaten track uh, uh, precious. And Meridian also has a couple of other things. They've got, you know, like I say, just all sorts of, of uh, national registers and historic places. Uh, uh, Jimmy Rogers from here. But also it has a place called Highland Park, which has, the the world's only two-row stationary dental menagerie carousel. I've seen this. And everywhere you go around Meridian, people have uh, these little carousel uh, horse-type things in front of us to represent the, the dental carousels, the only two-tier one in the world, right here in Meridian. How about that? I'm, I'm looking at hey, This is really weird because I'm in a studio in Meridian. I'm looking at Java online. And he's laughing about something, so I hope it's a, it's a call we're getting. Uh, one of the things, uh, uh, I got a lot of uh, emails this past week about what are we going to do with this freeze because it's cold and people are thinking that's weird. And I keep thinking it happens every year, and everybody always acts like it never happened before. And there's even a phrase for it. It's called Blackberry Winter. And a Blackberry Winter is what happens when we get that warm spell, everybody's juice is going the Bradford pears come to bloom. The, the Japanese magnolias bloom into, uh, come into bloom. Daffodils are blooming. The weather feels good. There's mosquitoes out there. And everybody plants tomatoes, and it always freezes. It always happens. And they call it blackberry winter because typically we get a warm spell, and then when the blackberries come into bloom, we get a cold spell. This is really normal. That's the reason the old, old hand is wait till good Friday to plant. I'm thinking they're off a little bit because it's going to get cold again tonight. So I'm, I've got my tomatoes. I've got some peppers. Um, and as soon as a place comes open in my garden uh, uh, tomorrow, I'm going to pull some of my lettuce and, and a couple of some of my carrots. I'm going to stick the tomatoes and, and peppers in the old holes. That's the way you garden. You make a little box full of dirt. You plant stuff. When it gets harvested, you pull it up, stick something else in a hole, and keep on going because we don't garden like farmers. We garden like, like gardeners. So anyway, we've got some lines open if you want to give us a call. Toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, let's uh, take a real quick break. It's going to be about a minute or so. We're going to talk about uh, just uh, stuff going on at MPB. And if you'd like more information, go to mpbonline.org. I've got a lot of appearances coming. Java and I are going to take this on the road over the next month. We're taking this, this broadcast all over the state. And if you want to know when we're going to be coming to your part of the state, uh, we're going to have it online at mpbonline.org. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, with, with uh, uh, Scarlett Miller. She's um, the marketing uh, person for Vance Ivory and Brothers Bulbs here in Meridian. And then, again, we're going to be taking your calls. It's live, toll-free, 1-877-MPB, here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. By, by the way, Java didn't say at the end of the intro, we're going to get dirty, I hope. Thank you. 
this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to the Stella Rushing, and we're broadcasting from the Max Downtown Meridian. Hope to see some of y'all. I'm doing a lecture on on uh, determined independent gardeners, maverick gardeners at the Max, starting at 9:30 Saturday morning. We're gonna have a plant swap. If you want to bring some stuff to uh, to uh, to plant. Before we go to this this uh, caller, here's an interesting post from Mississippi Gardening Facebook. I don't know if y'all know we have a Facebook called Mississippi Gardening. People ask questions. They show pictures of the flowers and a lot of fun. But anyway, this uh. uh poster named Terry Ray Van Noy, she wrote this, it was really cute, and she had a picture of this. She said, my daughter sprouted an apple seed in a cup in her dorm room from a cafeteria meal at MSU in 2009. So you got this. She saved an apple, put it in a, 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 a cup in her dorm room. Eventually, she put it in a pot, brought it home. It stayed on her deck for a few years till a transplant to a bigger pot, root-bound plastic pot faded and cracked. It traveled to Memphis a decade later where it again sat in her yard unplanted. When she moved to a new house, her old neighbor put it on the curb to the garbage, and I happened by, rescued it just in a nick of time. It looked dead. In 2020, it finally found a home in real soil in Atoka, Tennessee. Happy 11th birthday, little apple tree. And she sent a picture of it blooming. How about that? Happy story, Java. Happy story. Um, Let's go to... um, Meridian. I'm in Meridian and talk to Virginia. Virginia, you're calling to from Meridian to Jackson, and I'm in Meridian, and we're talking back and forth. What's up? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't get there this morning. That's, that's okay. That's we're a little little bit early for me. Yeah. Okay, I have a in my backyard. I have a large backyard that on two sides, well, three sides. One is the back of the house. The other two sides are woods. My yeah. yard is two thirds moss. Should I try to kill it and plant grass or just let it continue to look green and pretty all year? Was this the shady side of your yard? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. One side gets sun and there's grass, but the the rest of it, like two-thirds of it, is moss. Okay, when I see moss, I think three things, because moss needs three things to grow. It needs shade, it needs uh, compacted, miserable dirt, and it needs acidic soil. So you've got compacted acid dirt in the shade. Grass right. doesn't like it. So okay. what I would do, you're not going to be able to grow grass. I must say you're not going to be able to grow it. Uh, Aunt Mamie, every time I said you can't do something, she did it. So I'm not going <laughs> to say you can't do it. But uh, I learned in turf management that grass needs at least half a day sun, maybe more. It needs a well-drained soil, and it needs a, a slightly neutral to alkaline soil. You don't have any of those there. So what I, no. what I hear you saying is you got a wonderful place to plant some azaleas. Okay. And and maybe put you a big rock out there, a little gnome, and call it a moss garden. Seriously. There you go. <laughs> these, are, these are a thing. I mean, I see moss gardens all over Mississippi, all over Japan, England, where you know where it's too shady and the grass is compacted. Uh, you basically just go out and, and, believe it or not, pull up any grass that comes up in it because you want it to have moss and grass becomes a weed in it. 
Okay. So it, All right. It's, it's, if you were to make a little edge around it, you know, just a little, little not a ditch, but a little, little edging type of thing, then mm-hmm. that gives it definition. You say, here's where the moss garden starts. And put your rock out there, uh, maybe a piece of driftwood or something. Put your azalea and mandina back there. And you've got a cool little garden that doesn't need to be mowed. Well, you're right about that. There's nothing to mow. <laughs> yeah. This is an occasional right. weed. All right, I'm coming tomorrow. Three things to, take, the, three, the three things it takes for, for moss are individually three things that grass hates. So you don't, you've got a good moss habitat or azalea habitat. Grass just won't be there. Don't, don't be mean to grass and try to make it grow where it doesn't want to grow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I will be uh, tomorrow at the Max, and I'm going to bring you a picture of this yard. By the way, it is full of azaleas that are in full bloom right now, but there's a lot cool. of the area that doesn't have azaleas. But so. Well, you know what oak leaf hydrangea is? Great. You know what oak leaf hydrangea is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Need some of those, too, because azalea is going to turn a big old green meatballs, and you're going to wish you had something else out there, and oak leaf oh, okay. hydrangea is a native woodland plant. So, All hey, right. if you come tomorrow, bring me, bring me about a six-inch by six-inch piece of moss for my garden. Okay, I'll do it. That'll be my pass-along plant. <laughs> okay, see ya. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we got a student. I was like, how do I handle that? that I mean, I'm just making, you know, what, what would I do? If I, I'm a turf guy, but turf doesn't like moss conditions. Let's slide up to South Haven, almost to Memphis. Hey, Becky, good morning. Hey, how are you, Felder? I'm fine. What's going on? Well, this kind of comes out of the um, Facebook group. I put this bragging picture out of there about how pretty my compost came out. It's all nice and black. And I put all kind of eggshells in it. And somebody said, well, earthworms don't like eggshells. And I'm like, well, could they just eat the rest of the stuff on their plate? You know, I don't know. Is there <laughs> anything um, bad about eggshells and earthworms or well, I'm the same way. I eat eggs all the time, but I spit the shells out. Mm-hmm. You know, the insides are good. The outside kind of hard. Here's the deal. Uh, I put eggshells in my compost because it looks cool, right? Because I got them, and where else you can do with them? But they really don't do much. Uh, eggshells are made out of a type of calcium called calcium carbonate. It's like silica. It won't break down. You can have an eggshell and put it out there and come back. 25 years from now, it's still going to be there because it needs it needs a lot of acid to break down. And a compost, believe it or not, is slightly alkaline. So if you crumble them up, crush them up, throw them out there, um, you know, then they'll be pretty. And they'll gradually decompose in an acidic soil. But eggshells, uh, don't, they don't give calcium to the soil. It's the wrong kind. If you want to really make the, the, the eggshells work, crumble them up. Put them in a, a, a milk jug, throw in just a little bit of vinegar, which is acetic acid, and it'll fizz like crazy, but it'll turn them into calcium that'll feed your plants. You speed it up. But anyway, they don't hurt the earthworms. They just go around them. They just eat the rest of the stuff on their plate. <laughs> so they do. so yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't cut them. I thought, you know, there might be some sharp edges that would hurt the earthworms. I'm all about not hurting they got, them. They've got pretty sensitive little noses. They'll back off at something too far. Don't worry about that. Okay. But, uh, well, anyway, I just like eggs, to, you know, eggs, not send it to the landfill, you know, one of those things that I thought it was helping. But um, is it eggs, anything it, like perlite? Does it make air in the compost or maybe well, not? No, you know, use that for your potting soil. Compost is something that you add to other stuff, you know. In right, other words, right. you, you know, you're not growing potting soil. You're growing an ingredient for, for potting soil. So, uh, the, you know, save your perlite to mix with compost in pots to grow stuff in. Okay. 
Okay, but, but it doesn't hurt the earthworms. No, it doesn't hurt them at all. Matter of fact, if you put a little hole in it, it might wear the collar or something and feel good about itself. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Felder. Okay. And, by, and by, by the way, the people on the Mississippi gardening uh, thing, they're, you know, they're very, there's some really sharp people. Gary Bachman, Dr. Gary Bachman is on there. And, a lot, and I answer a few questions from time to time. A lot of people just make stuff up. So just roll with the flow. Have a good time. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is stuff we heard somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Now we're going to slide back to Jackson. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Good morning, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt. I'm calling from Greenwood Cemetery this morning. Stop pruning stuff, Jim. Stop pruning stuff. (laughs) That's not my question, though. Uh, I'm going to be buying my tomato plants this weekend, and uh, I know I know there's determinate and indeterminate as to how long they produce, but are there any other differences between a determinate and an indeterminate tomato? No, you know, the determinate bush type, you know, they get a certain size, they make a lot of fruit for a short period of time, then they peter out. The indeterminate keep growing and keep producing and keep growing and keep producing, but there's a lot of varieties of each. See, so, you know, the size, the shape, the colors, some are sweeter, some have more sugars, they don't taste as acidic as others, but uh, the determined indeterminate. Then you got bush type, uh, I mean, co- uh, miniatures, you know, they do well in containers, but usually those are, are, are bush type, so that's what it boils down to. And uh, the bush types, you know, you put a cage around those, the vine type, you need to keep adding sticks because they keep getting taller. Okay, I, I use that concrete reinforcing wire for my tomato cages, and that works well. Perfect, because you can reach the tomatoes through there. That's right. All righty. Well, listen. Thank you, Elder. Okay, appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for calling. Okay. Okay. Before we uh, take this next call, let me mention this. Uh, the fo- oh, we got a call. Uh, a question from inside. What? Tell Java to call the landline. Okay, uh, Java. She said to call the landline. I don't know what that means. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. We're going to play a tune in just a second. Uh, but let me, let me throw this out. Van Zyveren and Brothers, uh, just want to mention uh, that it is the largest bulb importer in the country. And we're talking about uh, not just fall planted bulbs like tulips and daffodils and hyacinths, but uh, and indoor stuff, amaryllis and uh, spring and summer stuff, dahlias, gladiolus, caladium, elephant ears, all that kind of stuff. But uh, they sell... Uh, something like 27 million tulip bulbs in America every year, 26 million gladiolus bulbs, 16 million daffodils. Right here in Meridian, it's a 100-year-old company. Uh, it's, it's, it's been in, in, I think, third or maybe the fourth-generation family. It's just an incredible um, operation. Right out of Meridian, you can drive your truck through there, and they'll load up bulbs. And uh, they sell not only to places like Walmart, Home Depot, and things like that, but also they, they have a, a brand called the Van Bloom brand, uh, which is what you're going to find in some of the upscale garden centers. So anyway, right here in Meridian. And we'll talk a little bit more about that because uh, their marketing person, uh, Scarlett Miller, uh, has a really interesting blog about garden trends. I'd like to touch on that. But uh, let's take a quick uh, call from Greenwood, and then we got a, a cheesy tune, a really cheesy tune. Uh, Bill, what's going on, man? Oh, hey, Felder. Uh, got a comment and I got a question. Uh, first off, uh, I think we should change Meridia to Sawasi, uh, and we should change all the American towns to Indian names because Indians have gotten a bad deal from our government. But, <laughs> That's okay. but keep, keep going. 
<laughs> okay, I got a question. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot of money on Javier daisies and uh, gazanas and all different kind of little perennials and annuals from Walmart and different places, but they always seem to die. Yet I have tassel on plants that your dear mother gave me and from my mother from Virginia, and they're still living and coming up everywhere. So uh, I, I don't know. What am I doing wrong? It seems like whenever I – and I even bought some black-eyed Susie from Walmart and um, – a lot of them, and they all died. But I've got black-eyed sushi that comes up naturally, so what's, what am I doing wrong? Well, first of all, the, the native black-eyed Susans are, they come up from seed, and they grow in just plain dirt. You know, you buy stuff from a garden center, it's growing in potting soil, and if you pull that out of the pot, stick it in the ground, it's a plug of potting soil that stays wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry, and roots don't get out into the dirt around it. So uh, anytime I get anything from a garden center, whether it's a good, tough, old, durable plant or a little, little flash-in-the-pan a short-term beauty, I always loosen up the potting soil, always. Even if it's a tomato plant, I loosen up the potting soil, I stir it into the hole right around, and I grow in just plain dirt. And uh, I, I can go out to somebody, you know, I worked at a garden center in Indianola. You're talking about an Indian, I'm from Indianola. Uh, but anyway, you know, we, we, you know I can, we would plant shrubs in people's yards uh, that Next year, you try to pull it up, it'll wrench it back. But other people, they just pull out of the pot, stick it in the dirt. I can come back five years later and pull it up and still got that root shape, that pot mm-hmm. pot shape. So it's always good, important to loosen up the potting soil, stir it in so plants get used to your dirt. So, anyway, hope that helps, man. Hey, Felder, can I ask you one more thing? Keep it clean. Yeah, okay. Uh, my mama and daddy, a long time ago, in 1960s, got these... Banana bushes from Pearson's Nurseries, and and they smelled wonderful. They looked great, and uh, they all died. But I was been trying to find a, a banana bush, you know, artificial banana flavoring, I guess. But no, no, it's a, yeah, it just smells like that. And my, it, there's a good chance I grew that if you bought it from Pearson's Nursery, because that's where I worked for. I went to college. But uh, yeah. in, anyway, a banana shrub, uh, it, it, believe it or not, is related to magnolia, and uh, it's one of those heirloom plants that. Garden centers don't sell them because they don't look good in a pot. When they bloom, everybody loves them. They smell good. A little, little uh, kind of a, of a pale brown, not quite yellowish, wonderful banana smell. But it doesn't look good in a pot, so people don't buy them. So garden centers stop, stop selling them. So you have to just shop around. Maybe find somebody has got one and root one. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you so much, fella. You have a good weekend. Okay, appreciate it, man. Hey, uh, John, before we play this tune, let me set it up real quick, can I? Yes, sir. Okay, and first of all, we're broadcast for the maximum reading. Got a got an audience, and they can ask questions, but they're being all shy out there, or something like that. They're afraid the the microphone's going to shock them or something. But anyway, this tune I, I picked it out because we were going to we were going to talk to the folks from the Van Zyveren Bulb Company. This tune was recorded in the 1920s, a hundred years ago, by a group that was the first band that Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey played in. The band started in 1921, 100 years ago, and I thought this is an appropriate tune to play because so many people think that it only belongs to the late, great Tiny Tim. This is from 1920s called, I don't even need to say the name of it.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoy that little tune from the 1920s with Tommy and and uh, Jimmy Dorsey. Uh, just give you a quick idea of the places we're going to be. Me and Java in my truck, Hattiesburg, um, Pascagoula, Long Beach, Indianola, Oxford, South Haven, Columbus, Tupelo, Natchez, Vicksburg, Cleveland, and Jackson. And if you like to, uh, we're going to announce ahead of time where we're going to be next week. I'm going to be down in Mobile at a plant swap on Saturday, April the 10th. We'll talk about that next week, though. Meanwhile, it's all about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, let me throw this out uh, about the Van Zyvern uh, uh, bulb nursery here. Um, Scarlett Miller is their, their marketing specialist, and she has a blog about home gardening trends, and I think she has like nine of them. And uh, the one that she hit the, the, the nail on the head is called Staycation. <laughs> really came true about people staying at home. It's their, their castle and fixing stuff up. Can't go anywhere. More people have been gardening this past year than ever before. A lot of them are younger people, under uh, you know, under under uh, 25, and uh, some of them aren't having that great a time because gardening is not you know just something you can just download. It's like lot, lot of not an app or anything. Uh, but anyway, that's what Van Zyvern and Brothers do. They you know they they bring in the bulbs from all over the world, literally all over the world. And they send them back out to, to your retail stores, garden centers, fall-planted bulbs like tulips and daffodils and spring things like gladiolus, caladiums, elephant ears, and candles, and uh, even indoor stuff. Um, they also have a lot of, lot of uh, other things, water plants, water lilies, berries, and all that. But anyway, their top-selling daffodil turns out to be King Alfred-type daffodil with the great big old trumpet. You know, the old King Alfred is long gone, but, but they have big, big trumpet types. But one that they sell a lot of is my favorite daffodil. It's called... Tete-a-tete, T-E-T-E-A-T-E-T-E. Nice little small thing. It blooms, usually two flowers per stem, and the, the leaves stay compact so they don't flop over and look all ugly. So I plant mine where I have summertime stuff like hostas and lantanas. That way it gives me something pretty to look at in the winter and the spring. And when they die down, uh, then my summer stuff comes up, and, it, and it's not a not a real big competition thing. Uh, anyway, uh, the the Garden Media Group, I work with them as a professional garden writer. They call this era the Great Reset. Great Reset. Backyard aficionados, experienced gardeners trying more sophisticated stuff, and uh, new gardeners are trying uh, things and seeing how it works. But um, anyway, a lot of people are wanting to grow uh, flower bulbs, or in, wanting to grow uh, vegetables, flowers as gift plants. And anyway, it's just a really good time. 
here's the deal. Garden centers are having a hard time getting their hands on plants and seeds this year because last year affected the wholesale industry too. So that's why Van Zyveren Brothers is working real hard to get a worldwide network to try to get what they can into Meridian, Mississippi and back out to you as a gardener. So how are we doing, Java? I believe we have Scarlett on the line. But first, let's go to Susan, who's also in Meridian, and I don't know why she's not down at the max. Because it's her birthday, birthday girl standing up here. Uh, no, no, okay. I, I do have a question. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's take the gal, I uh, forget your name, sorry. Take your mask off and talk in the microphone in Meridian. Okay, it's Sloan. Sloan. Happy birthday, Sloan. Thank you. Thank you. I have a question about biannuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always a little confused, like about foxgloves, but then... Actually, my question right now is about Rubeckia maxima. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one of those in my garden last, my perennial board, but now they're like popping up everywhere. Are the little ones that are popping up, are they going to bloom? Are they going to do anything this year, or is that going to be like a I don't remember Rubeckia maxima. Uh, The one I've got is a perennial. Uh, Biennials, they grow one year, just make leaves, and then the next year they flower. Okay, so... Rubeckia is not a biennial. No. I don't the, know why I came across that, I thought. So. Well, because a lot of people mistake biennial for things. You know, pansies, you plant pansies in the fall, they bloom and they die in the spring. Well, that's not two years. That's just overwintering annual. We have right. summer annuals and overwintering annuals. A lot of people mistake, I planted in this year, it bloom next year. That didn't, a biennial is a plant that only grows one year, the whole year, and then blooms the next year and then dies. Okay. So those those Rebecca's then the babies they will they should bloom win. this year okay they should okay. happy you. birthday surprise thanks Sloan and now let's uh stay in here Meridian Meridian is a hotbed of callers this morning Susan how are you today I'm doing wonderful and I just want to tell you someplace you want to be sure and go before you leave Front Street okay go past the railroad station and on the left you'll see Planter Supply okay. it originally started back I think in 1944, 19, something like that, and was just across from where the Max is now. Yeah. And anyway, it grew, and they have all kind of stuff so you might that you'd be interested in. Okay. Well, I will swing you out when I get off. And, and not to in the, in the summer, there's always flowers planted on the side, sunflowers and that kind of stuff. And along the very front, they had cotton planted this year from old cotton seeds. From a long time ago. Well, very cool. I appreciate the tip. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Do we have Scarlett on the line? Yes, Scarlett is on the line, and she has graced us with our, with her presence this morning. Hey, Scarlett. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. <laughs> How are your children <laughs> today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a pretty good. day, good. and I'm ready to get outside. Well, it's a good day. You know, I wouldn't plant tomatoes today. It's going to get cold tonight. Anyway, I've, I've been talking up Van Zyvern Brothers. You're you're the marketing person there, right? I am. And originally from the Delta, from my hometown, and you you said your grandmother showed you how to garden. That's right, she did. And uh, Lots and now, of, now you're uh, vegetables and roses and zinnias in the summer. Well, I want to ask you about something because uh, I've, I've already uh, talked about the history of the Van Zyverns and some of the things that, that y'all are doing, but you have a program called Dig, Drop, Done. What's up with that? We sure do. We have – It's a Dig, Drop, Done is a partnership. We've uh, partnered up with some of our other bulb, competitor bulb companies. We've come together to 
have a huge program to promote flower bulbs in the United States and and just to get more awareness because a lot of people don't really know the value in a dormant flower bulb, how easy it is to grow flower bulbs. And this marketing program is, is used to just have a, have some awareness, but there's a we have a website too, it's digdropdone.com and you can find lots of information on flower bulbs there. Well, and, and that's all it is. You dig a hole, you drop it in there, you're done with it. Exactly. And, and, and a lot of these, you don't even have to know fat in down or anything. A lot of times they'll figure it out themselves. They sure will, especially those caladiums and elephant ears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, in your, your, your blog at the Van Zyveren Brothers, I, you know, people can go to the site there. You talked about some of the, the, the trends and people looking for fragrance and foliage and food gardens and cutting gardens. Um, one of the things you said is that, that people are, you know, really want to, to show their stuff in the front yard, like one up in neighbors. And, uh, yeah. you know, these instant, I'm going to say instant, but bulbs are quick. They're quick. And uh, they really fit in that, don't they? So, yeah, Hello? people, people, hey, Fielder, people these days are, young gardeners especially, are looking for the new, exotic, the hard-to-find, you know, the weird varieties to to try and grow in their gardens to, you know, to try to impress, you know, friends that come over and their neighbors. So we've tried to up our uh, variety selection and finding the best, you know, the weirdest and best selections we can. So, And there are a lot of them out there. There's so many varieties. You know, a lot of uh, new gardeners, and you're, you're talking about new, who really don't know that much about it. And parents who have children, who want the children to get involved. It's hard to mess up a bulb. Very hard. My, um, my, my children actually love to get out there and help me and put on their little garden gloves and dig a hole. They know just to dig a hole, have you know bury it a little bit and then we put the dirt over it and it's fun to with them to watch it grow when it starts warming up outside well you, we you have had, to keep you them had, from t- picking the flowers <laughs> yeah yeah well you know that that's what styrofoam egg cartons on sticks are for you know they'll oh, yeah, be able to look at till the tulips actually bloom but in a you know, vans are much more than tulips uh, that's that's one of your top sellers but so many other things but uh you you told me that uh some of the research that during the COVID era, 16 million new gardeners, a lot of them under 30 or 35 years old. Yes. We're, uh, we're pretty excited about this. And the, the uh, 30, 35-year-olds to 45 are, have the biggest buying power right now, and they're just at home, you know, working from home, and they're planting their gardens and trying to beautify their lawns and, you know, getting outdoors. So we're really excited, and we hope that, with the flower bulbs, they're so easy to grow, and our perennials are so easy to grow that we we hope they stick around for a while, and not just a one-time-and-done gardener. Well, and that's one of the reasons I encourage people to mix stuff up. You want to plant tomatoes, fine. Sunflowers, fine. But stick a whole bunch of different things together, because that way if something doesn't make it or it dies, you still got something to look at. That's right. Mixing bulbs and perennials and with dormant bulbs and perennials in your uh under your shrubs and in your garden beds and borders. It's just, and even if you plant uh, some edibles or uh, decorative, some blueberry plants that have lots of foliage interest all year long. So yep. people are adding those to their landscapes as well. 
Well, you you know, there's a there's a lot going on, and y'all are you know the the garden centers can't get they can't provide stuff without folks who are providing them, and you're searching worldwide to scrambling worldwide to get your hands on whatever we can find that's going to enhance everybody's not just the homes and the gardens, but the the quality of their life. That's right. It's it's pretty interesting and pretty fun to see what all's out there, find new stuff, and it's it's just it's a great job to have. So. Okay, well, there's so many things go, out there. Oh yeah, the, either Van Zyvern Brothers, uh, VanZyvern.com, or, or what you say the uh, the the Dig Drop Done. I guess you could just Google that and come up the website. Yes, Dig Drop Done, and we also have another group that we're part of, and it's called the Royal Anthos, and it's called I think the website is Bulbs.com, and it it has even no wait I think it's FlowerBulbs.com. And it has even more information. So it's promoting, you know, the European bulbs in the United States a lot. So there's a lot of information on that site. Well, listen, we, we, we've got to scoop. But I do have one question I want to ask you. It's not it's sort of related. Uh, do you all have a, a nickname for, the, uh, for the, uh, the, the carousel horse out in front of your place? We <laughs> actually do not. And that is a very good question. We do need to come up with one. <laughs> This is this, this blue carousel horse. I'm thinking you need to have a nickname for that. Come on. If I had a guess, if I had a guess, his name would be Holland. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, we really appreciate it. Get outside. Take your kids out there. You know, take the gloves off. Let them feel the dirt and the worms and stuff with their fingers. That's right. We will. Well, Thank it's nice so talking much, to you, Elder. We appreciate it. Uh, that was uh, Scarlett Miller. From Van Zyvern Brothers here in Meridian, Mississippi. Love broadcasting the Mac. By the way, the Mac's have got a lot of interesting exhibits uh, and world class, I might add. So if you get over here downtown Meridian, it's right by the train set. Well, you can't miss it. You know, you got to you got to turn the corner right by it, the big beautiful uh, blue waterfall out front before you get to the to the train station. So anyway, uh, Java, what we got going on? Uh, we have Remy from Long Beach. He's been uh, patiently waiting and wants to ask you a question this morning. Hey, Remy, good morning. Thanks for holding. Remy. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Yes, What's I'm up? here. Yes. I, I grass, I've got a grass problem. Uh, my uh, my yard is turned into uh, clover and, and uh, we, uh, thin weeds. Yep. And I, yep. Should I fertilize it and lime it and then put down some grass seed or, or grass sod? This, 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 the, oh, you got plenty of sunshine, right? Uh, part of the yard gets about six to seven hours of sunshine. The rest of it is uh, shade or filtered filtered sunlight. Okay. To, to, I'm going to ask you a question in two different parts, and this is important for everybody listening because we are still a fairly new garden society. We've only been gardening here in Mississippi for 150 or so years, not that really that long. But where yeah. they've been gardening for a long time, you'll find that they have grass in the sun and other plants in the shade. Instead yeah. of trying to make it grow both, if you'll if you'll make a a, a a a border between where the grass and the sun is and other stuff, it could be a ditch, it could be some logs, it could be branches, it could be bricks or broken china or any any kind of border. Say this is where the grass is, this is where the shade is. Then you can treat them as two different places instead of trying to you know half kill yourself. Uh, anyway, to answer your question, the clover and the other what, what a lot of people call weeds, I call them little metal plants. They grow over the wintertime. They bloom in the spring. And as soon as you mow your grass two or three times, they're gone till next year. 
And so there's no need to spray those things. It's hard to kill them with sprays right now because they're blooming. And you're likely to damage your grass with sprays that normally take it except during the spring little green-up period. Grass is real susceptible. So forget about the weeds now. Raise your mower to its highest setting. Throw the wrench away. And if you can't do that, there's nothing else really you can do about weeds. Grass needs to be high and lush, not cut like a carpet. Um, and you'll have fewer weeds next year. So anyway, for the, for the time being, just mow high. And you'll find that the clover and other stuff, which, by the way, is covered with bees and pollinators and stuff, it'll disappear. Mow around a couple of clumps if you can. And uh, by the uh, middle, by the end of this month, you'll have grass. And there's no evidence that the clover stuff is ever there. Uh-huh. So and, should, uh, I should I fertilize it? I think it's good to fertilize grass at least every four or five years. More than once a year is getting a little excessive. The fertilizer people appreciate that. But the grass, you know, your mama didn't fertilize her grass and looked fine. But a little fertilizer every two or three or four or five years is good. Uh, but don't get the, the agriculture stuff. Get a real garden lawn fertilizer. I like the stuff they call centipede food for any uh -huh. kind of grass. And uh, it, it feeds long, slow, and gentle, not going to make you mow like crazy. And it will recycle itself in the grass clippings for years. So a little centipede food sometime in April, uh, every uh, two or three or four years, mow high. And that's pretty much 95% of your weed control. What about lime? Um, you, I wouldn't add lime unless you had a soil test that needed it, but I've tested soil from Mississippi State for years, and most soils in Mississippi need about 50 pounds of lime to 1,000 square feet every three or four years. Okay. 50 okay. pounds to 1,000, 5 pounds to 100 square feet. Okay. Or a ton to the acre. <laughs> anyway, uh, shoot me an email if you have some more questions about that. I will. Sure will. Thank okay, Java. Yes, sir. You, because I've got you on. A, you can see this picture. Yeah, now that was that was that was pretty pretty neat. What you got there, man? I've got a box full of little bits of plant, colorful bits of plastic. It's it's got something like seven hundred and fifty six little pieces in here, and it's for making flower bouquets out of Legos. Good looking flower. Well, you know, if you got bifocals, you take glass off. They look real. I mean, it's pretty interesting. Anyway, I just got this set in, and uh, in the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to talk to the people who design Legos for grown-ups. Yeah, now that, that, that's neat because I will, will, will guess to ask why they chose the flowers that they chose for the bouquet, you know, to put together. Yeah, I, I can even recognize some of the flowers. I can even tell you what some of them are, but we're going to save that for another day. Save that for another day. Meanwhile, been having fun here at the Max. We're going to do a, a, a lecture tomorrow, starting at 9:30 Saturday, uh, April the 3rd. Is uh, 9:30. It's probably going to start more closer to quarter to 10. If you tell tell everybody to get here early so we can have some fun. And if you want to bring a plant with you, we'll have a little plant swap afterwards outside. Not a big deal. Any kind of plant that you think somebody can grow if they don't know nothing about it, you know, right, Jama? Yeah, it's really funny. I'm looking at you, looking at at me, looking at you, and we're like a hundred miles away. But next week you'll be back in the studio, and then April 16th we hit the road. That's right. Hope to see some of y'all at at the Max on Saturday morning here in Meridian. We're gonna have a lot of fun. It's real easy. We don't care who your mom and them are. We don't care whether you're smart or not, whether you're a good gardener or not. We're just gonna get together and talk about what we know. And I'm gonna talk about determined, independent gardeners. That's what we do here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We try to make it a garden party for everybody. It's a big tent, open the screen door, try to keep the mosquito hawks out, and uh, just talk about gardening. Um, if you have a chance, 
It's pretty weather. Farmers markets are cranking up. Garden centers are cranking up. Take a kid to a garden center. I mean, it's really important that they feel dirt, that get dirt, that they know about that kind of stuff. Show kids how to do what we know is okay, what we do best, and that's get dirty. Me and Java and the folks at MPB, see y'all next week.